Tom Brady officially calling it a career. The GOAT retires. How his retirement compares to the Arizona Cardinals GOAT, Larry Fitzgerald. We'll get into that conversation. Are the Cardinals probably the team that were least impacted by Tom Brady's reign over the NFL? And which side of the football should the Arizona Cardinals focus on fixing this offseason? Let's get into the conversation. Bo Brock, Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the podcast, Bob Rock, Alex Clancy. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free on all platforms. Yeah, not a single dime needs to be spent to listen to our hot takes. You can, of course, check out our new YouTube channel, we're nearly at 2,000 subscribers. You could be 2K. You could be LOC2K, right? <laughs> Lock2K, is that what we're going with, Alex? Follow along yeah. on Twitter at LockdownAZCards, at Clancy's Corner to follow Alex, and follow me at Bob Rack. Easiest way to find me, Bo Brock, on the bird. We're going to get into some conversations. Of course, Tom Brady made it official after the conflicting reports, the, you know, all the outrage from over the weekend. And when it's all said and done, Tom Brady was indeed retiring, hanging up his cleats after 22 NFL seasons, 10 Super Bowl appearances, seven Super Bowl titles. You know, um, how his retirement compared to the Arizona Cardinals goat, Larry Fitzgerald, who just quietly just kind of faded into. Nothing in, into, I guess, the broadcast booth, into a podcast with Brady and Jim Gray. Let's get into that conversation. Plus, uh, we've got uh, some news and notes as far as the Cardinals are concerned. I saw some Kyler Murray slander out there. That continues this offseason. It's, look, it's going to be an offseason's worth of Kyler Murray slander. Like People are not happy with how things ended. Uh, read an article recently by Dan Bickley. He called uh, Kyler Murray's pick six one of the most embarrassing parts of the playoffs. Uh, look, you know, not not a good play by Kyler Murray by any stretch, but, but Kyler Murray didn't get any help in that game either. I mean, his offensive line was atrocious. The Rams' defense was ferocious, and his playmakers, they lack the ability to go out there and do what their titles are and, and make plays. We'll, uh, we'll continue that conversation about the Kyler Murray slander and how much we buy into it and how much needs to kind of calm down. And then finally, before we get out of here, just kind of a, an overall conversation about where the Arizona Cardinals focus needs to be this offseason. Does it need to be on the offensive side of the football or the defensive side of the football? But after uh after the the wild weekend, Alex, Tom Brady finally called it quits in a um, you know, uh, several p uh part tweet, post, whatever you want to call it, saying he no longer had the ability to uh compete at, at his level. Um, very paraphrasing by a lot there, but uh he's hanging it up. And, and, you know, I don't think anybody's going to come close anytime soon to Tom Brady's career and uh, if, if ever. But uh, talk about the, the Arizona Cardinals, probably the least impacted by Tom Brady's reign over the NFL for the for 20 plus years. They were one and one against Tom Brady. Uh, they faced, I think, the Patriots four times during his tenure. And uh, they missed him once because Matt Castle had to fill in for him while he was dealing with the knee injury and the other was the deflate gate, which that game, <laughs> that game is interesting because we, we you, Alex, you and I were tasked with like 
figuring out what our Brady moment and actually is the is the game that he didn't play for the Patriots where Jimmy G makes his first start and he you know plays within the Patriots system and they handed the Arizona Cardinals who had lofty expectations in the 2016 season the season opener they fell flat on their face they lose that game Chandler Catanzaro I believe missed a potential game tying field goal but um that was that was kind of what stood out to me. That was kind of the the bra- getting braided moment for the Cardinals because they didn't recover the rest of the year that year. Yeah, that was it's an interesting Bruce Arians tie between the last Tom Brady Super Bowl and and who was the coach of the Cardinals then. I mean, Bruce Arians was quoted as saying that they never recovered that year after yeah. that loss. It's like give me a break. Yeah, I think they outscored the Tom Brady by two. Like they're they're one of few teams that that's such a Cardinals record. It's a card record that doesn't matter. You know that that. There are very few teams that have outscored Tom Brady uh, as quarterback. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you brought up the Larry Fitzgerald thing. Like, if we're going to go, if we're going to grade on a scale, okay, Tom Brady's been way more, you know, Instagram, Giselle, like he's been, especially since leaving New England, way more of the cool uncle, just, you know, out and about getting hammered on the boat after winning a Super Bowl. <laughs> like, he, he's been a different dude, but and he's been a lot more, uh, social media centric, you know, pushing TV 12 and pushing all those things. Larry Fitzgerald's never been that, you know, he's, he's obviously had his endorsements and things like that, but he's been a lot more, you know, tight to the vest. He'll show up, he'll sit next to Sarver. He'll do his thing. You know, it won't be show up on the Manning cast, but even grading on a curve, what Tom Brady did for his retirement is what Larry Fitzgerald should have done for the Cardinals. Like I know that Larry Fitzgerald can do no wrong ever in Arizona. And I, I understand it, and I also challenge it a little bit, just sugarcoatedly, if I may. What Larry Fitzgerald meant to the state, the fans meant to him, okay? Now, this isn't a one-way street where it's like, yeah, the fans adore him, have forever, but I think still, the Larry can do whatever he wants after he's done playing football, I think it's a joke. I think he owes the fans closure. He, he hasn't uh, – professional athletes don't owe fans really anything, like in theory. They get paid because they're exemplary at their craft. It's not their fault that that the NFL is a billion-dollar industry and you know, in the NBA and everything, they can pay these players an exorbitant amount of money to play a game. Okay, mm-hmm. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's the second or third best receiver of all time. I still think he owes the fans something, and he hasn't given them jack. Well, I mean, what he he did give the Arizona Cardinals was was a fighting chance in 2021 as far as having a, a better roster, better receiving core. He knew, I think, at that point he couldn't he couldn't play. Just like Tom Brady said, you know, I mean, as far as competitively, we saw every we saw that washcloth kind of get ringed out. Uh, every drip that he could provide at the at the, at the NFL level. Um, and you mentioned he's a rubber stamp Hall of Famer. I mean, that's going to be his opportunity when he's when he's getting his bust and he's getting his gold jacket and he's making his speech. That's going to be his opportunity to to thank the fans. Um, I I have no problem. I would actually I think Larry Fitzgerald the way he went out was better than this circus that just went down this past weekend when Tom Brady somebody leaked that he was going to try to get out his his manager is seeking Kyler Murray to manage him or you know Matthew Stafford or Joe Burrow he's looking for new work because he's not gonna have to work for get to work for Tom Brady any longer um I I think that it's silly I mean I I'm glad that that Larry Fitzgerald didn't partake any kind of game like that 
he, he, he was more like, all right, I did my work and, and I'm being true to my word when I said so long ago that there's no going to, there's no, not going to be any tears. There's not going to be any podium. I'm just going to kind of be gone. There's no problem with that. There's no problem with that. It, it, it leaves, it takes away the, the media circus that some of us get. It doesn't have to be of. a circus. And the fact that you're giving him is. credit for walking away because he didn't come back this year so the team could be better. Give me a break. The Cardinals didn't offer him enough money. Come on. So he, he, it, it can be both ways. Like it, was, it wasn't enough to get him back in the doors, and that's fine. The money wasn't enough. Fine. The money wasn't enough. Because so if they offered him $11 million. Because he wasn't dollars, the caliber of player to, to merit that contract anymore. They couldn't give him the blank check any longer. Again. Again. And that's fine. That's not Larry right. Fitzgerald's fault. No, it's not. It's the Cardinals' fault. Okay. But, like, and putting a bow on this before any sort of visceration happens in the chat, like, once again, Larry Fitzgerald is the most important player to ever wear a professional sports jersey in the state of Arizona. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take a lot to supplant him with that, you know, with that gold medal. And I still think he owes the fans something. Something. Be like, you know what? On Twitter, be like, thanks for everything. That's it. It doesn't have to be pomp and circumstance, okay? It's not changing his LinkedIn title to former yeah, athlete. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he goes well, on to football things. He's laughing in a box when the Cardinals are losing by 20 to the Rams. There was visual of that on the TV. It's just like, it's a I think it's, be if it were anybody else but Larry Fitzgerald, it'd be a bad look. That's what people would say. It's a bad look. I, like, I don't understand. I, I think that there is something with Larry Fitzgerald. He's always been a soft-spoken guy, but he continues to kind of put himself in in media moments on the Manning cast. He's doing kind of color and analysis on the the match with Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady and those guys. Uh, but he he's he's a bit of an introvert, which is it's kind of a paradox in a way. But still, um, I, I I just don't. I'm not going to criticize the guy for it to that, that he's not sitting there and he's not, you know, tipping his cap and, and doing his, his victory lap uh, for an incredible career. I think his career speak for itself. It's not a victory lap. Everybody says when they're going to retire, every player of any consequence for has never, none of them have been like, I'll let you know. Everybody yeah. said they're going to retire. It's not about a look at me. It's a thank you to the fans and the people that have been following him for 20 years. Beast, like it's being selfless. And he has philanthropically, charitably, obviously. This isn't a personal attack on Larry Fitzgerald at all as a person or as a player. It's just like throw him a bone, throw the fans a bone, just something throw little. 17 seasons worth of, 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 of a bone. Yeah. You know, is... I mean, and as he said, it, it transcended the, the football field. You know, I mean, he eulogized a, a senator when he passed away, John McCain. I mean, he's uh, he's done so many things that go beyond the Arizona Cardinals organization. Uh, by far, you know, so many people wearing 11 jerseys still uh, over number one jerseys at, at Cardinals games and, and around the Valley. I, I don't know. It is strange to me. I don't know why the word retirement is is lava. For, for Larry Fitzgerald. I don't know why he won't touch it. It, it is weird. Like I, I know he 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 tipped he, he tap danced around it on the Manning cast, but uh, strange. It, it's just a tale of two different retirements. And you know, Larry Fitzgerald's not walking through those doors again. Neither is Tom Brady at this point. And uh two great careers. Arizona Cardinals were kind of able to avoid Tom Brady's uh reign during his his 20 plus year career, one and one. Uh, we know the rest of the story as far as the Patriots uh, showdowns with the Arizona Cardinals 
and and that one definitely it stands out in 2016 during the Deflate Gate suspension. Bo Brock, Alex Clancy, hanging out with you here on the Locked On Cardinals podcast. Coming up, we're going to get into the conversation. More Kyler Murray slander, some couple news and notes. And where do the Arizona Cardinals really need to emphasize getting better offense or defense in the offseason? That's all coming up here on Locked On Cardinals. But of course, we know less football is being played, but betonline.net is way more stuff to bet on this playoff season. Scores, totals, player performance, props, where the next fire, where the next fired coach is going to land. Bet online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. Bet online, the fastest, easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online where the game starts. It was uh, what the anniversary was yesterday of the Arizona Cardinals losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers, an alleged toe tap from Santonio Holmes in the back of the end zone from Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, but the Cardinals' offense left the field leading Kurt Warner and, of course, Larry Fitzgerald, who we just talked about the big touchdown catch and score that was on uh, February 1st. Uh, this podcast drops on February 2nd. Thanks for everybody tuning in here on Locked on Cardinals with Bo Brock and Alex Clancy. Um, I, I was reading Dan Bickley's article on Arizona Sports. Uh, he's kind of been a pretty big critic of Kyler Murray, especially as of late. Uh, there was the New York Times article that you and I really didn't, um, we didn't get too much into it. I wasn't shocked by what I read. You know, it's Kyler Murray saying, I'm not going to kill myself watching film for 24 hours. And I don't have, I don't take issue with that as long as that you're going to play at a high level. The last, but the last thing impression that Kyler Murray left us in the 21, 22 season was a poor performance. Um, you know, so he's going to have to clean it up. He's going to have to figure it out. But for the most part, here's a two time pro bowler, uh, NFL offensive rookie of the year. I don't have an issue that he doesn't want to watch a Russell Wilson amount of film. Would I like that? Would I like to, to romanticize about the idea of him doing that? Of course, but look, if he can, if he can get just as much out of a couple film sessions a week, then instead of just you know going into the lab and and, and watching film, you know, you know, from sunrise to sunset, I don't have an issue with that. Yeah, and this is not. Have you ever seen um, a quarterback with one coach not perform for a full season and then and then he get another coach and then he does? I think a lot of this is on Cliff and his expectations for Kyler Murray. I mean, I think that Cliff Kingsbury builds this player's coach, like cocoon's the wrong word, I don't know, nest for Kyler to where he can kind of do as he pleases. That's what it seems like from the outside. And sure, Kyler doesn't see like this offseason is going to be huge for him because this is the first time in his life where, like, even when he was in Oklahoma, he had no chance, like, nobody gave him a chance against Alabama, even though, you know, the two and a half quarters of that game, Alabama, Oklahoma was toe to with Alabama after, I think, spotting them 21 points or something. Um, This is the first offseason where it's like he's got to look inward and be like, what needs to change? Because he's taken leaps every year and mm. just crashed and burned this half of the season. We'll even give him the benefit of the doubt for two seasons ago. This last season, that 
that's unacceptable if you want to to I mean if you want to win. So things need to change. I feel like we're going to see a different Kyler Murray come start of 2022 because this has happened now twice in two years. And this one was more free-falling, embarrassing than what we've seen, than what we saw the year before. Well, the exclamation point was the wild card loss, uh, the game that they were never in from the opening kick against the Rams. Yeah, that was that was completely embarrassing. When you look at his numbers down the stretch, they weren't great, but they also weren't terrible. Um, you know, I, Kyler Murray probably would benefit from watching a little bit more film, but that's, that's com- from a complete outsider's perspective, you know, just like, you know, the, the, uh, jumping to the conclusions that he doesn't work out. He didn't work out going as much as he should have going from year two to year three was a misconception that was debunked. Of course, from our guy, Stephen Baca, his trainer that says Kyler Murray reaches out to him, uh, on, as he's on his way back to Texas to start his off season. Like he's, he's already starting to get ready for it physically. Um, you know, I, I think that as far as the exclamation point, because when you look at the numbers, we've seen improvement each and every year from Kyler Murray. And in, as far as it's a little bit skewed, it's a little bit down this year because he missed three games. Um, but this is a guy that that's, you know, gotten better as far as completion percentage, as far as yards per game, touchdowns per game, uh, anything that you would be able to kind of just judge a quarterback on, he's improved in. So it's it's tough, but then there's the conversation of, do you want to be good or do you want to be great? And that's going to be the tough conversation that he has to have, not with Cliff Kingsbury, mm-hmm. but with himself. And uh, we'll see. I mean, Kyler Murray strikes me as the ultimate competitor. I would assume that he would choose the side of greatness. Yeah. No, that's fair. I mean, this this team, even when even when DeAndre Hopkins went out, had a chance. I mean, they could have won two games in the playoffs. Like with the defense that they had, with Kyler Murray as the quarterback, you know, I, I, they had enough talent to do it, and something's just amiss. Well, um, I mean, they they lost to the NFC champion at the end of the day. They lost to the NFC champion, the team that's playing the best football in the conference. I mean, I. It it looks a little bit better than it did, you know, as we were trying to pick up the pieces. Should they have been more competitive? No doubt about it. Like the, there's no pass for that performance. But, you know, when you're kind of putting things in perspective, I don't think that they beat, I don't think they beat the Rams in 10 tries, uh, you know, after watching how things have unfolded since then. Uh, okay. I mean, I, I don't, you know, it's, the only thing that changed was the importance of the game. What do you the mean last the two times they played changed? them, the only thing that changed was the importance have of the game. DeAndre Hopkins, they didn't have their DeAndre best. Ho- DeAndre Hopkins played in the, in the first one, and he was almost a non-factor. Pretty, much. I mean, he was coming he played off in the of second his, one. He was coming off of his hamstring injury. He was on a snap count the previous week, and then he got injured in the final drive. I, I don't think that we saw, you know, the best version of DeAndre Hopkins in that game. Not to give him a you know full hall pass on that, but I mean let's keep things in person. You, you lost your your number one red zone threat yeah. for the entire end of the season. We we yeah. saw this we saw this wide receiver room collapse after DeAndre Hopkins left, and I don't know you know I know who you blame for that. Uh, you know I, it's it's a collection. It's it's and we'll see. There's going to be some opportunities to really fix that room. This offseason, there's there's enough in free agency. There's enough in the draft. There's enough maybe via trade that they can figure something out. We're going to get into that, by the way. We're going to do position groups 
how the Arizona Cardinals can fix Stoked. their position groups uh, for the better this offseason. Alex and I have some great ideas as far as that goes. Uh, coming up, which side of the football, though, should they emphasize on getting getting better on offense or defense? Let's get into that conversation before we get out of here. Let me tell you about last night. So I've been trying to get into shape, eat a little better, a bit better this new year. And I've been doing pretty well. I, after dinner, I'm always seeking something out. Some I'm looking for a little treat. I'm seek, I'm going through the pantry. I'm trying to find anything that has chocolate on it. And luckily, I found a box of Built Bar. And it was able to kind of fulfill me, keep me happy. So I wasn't going to uh, get in my car and go to the local gas station and get some, some candy bar. Because Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It, it tastes better than most candy bars, that's for sure, and it's got more nutritional value. Actually, it has nutritional value, where it's got 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, just 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of muscle-packing protein. Compare that to a candy bar, 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. You're just putting trash in your body. It's not good for you, especially if you're trying to lose weight or maintain uh, your current physique. Go to Bill.com, save some cash as well while you're cutting calories Use promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. That's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. It's funny. Uh, there's a story that has come out. Uh, I, I follow various Cardinals um, Instagram accounts. I think it was Cardinals Universe or Cards Elite. Um, there's a bunch of them, but uh, they've been pointing out that Christian Kirk, the free agent to be, has put his house on the market. Um, I mean, look, he's either in, he's going to be in for a big payday. He's probably going to upgrade his house regardless if he stays in the Valley or if he moves out. I'm sure he's just preparing for that. But look, when we've seen stories like this before where there's been smoke, there's been fire. Like with Carson Palmer, that's exact. He was retiring. He was selling his house to retire, even though people said, hey, he does this all the time. Um, look, I'm sure Christian Kirk's just preparing for his future, regard, but it doesn't mean it couldn't be in Arizona. Um, we'll see how we feel ultimately when we get into our position group talks about whether or not definitively we believe that Kirk should come back to this organization. Nearly had 1,000 yards receiving this year in 17 games. Um, but I thought, you know, he was just kind of, and he's been in the wrong role. And the expectations for the guy have been way too high as a wide receiver too. Sometimes a wide receiver one at times. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, let's just hope this doesn't become a trend. I mean, what we've seen over the last, you know, year or so, Hassan Reddick and Devondre Campbell both go elsewhere and immediately perform at all pro or fringe all pro levels. Um, Christian Kirk, I feel like that's going to be a guy that we're going to see go somewhere else and just punish as a wide receiver two and a half. You know, like I just, I, I see it. And the, you know, thousand yards, 10 touchdowns. He's going to have, he's going to win people their fantasy championships. I just don't see Cliff Kingsbury being able to utilize him correctly. And sure. He didn't get the best. He didn't get the best deal with Deandre Hopkins being out. And you know, it's not AJ Green's fault. He's not, it's not his job to be a wide receiver one with Deandre Hopkins being out for the majority of the, you know, the second half of the season, it wasn't necessarily fair, but also there were times during games during the second half of the season where we saw sparks and that's what we always see from Christian Kirk. We see sparks mm -hmm. and then they dissipate. I don't know what's Kyler Murray. I don't know what's play calling. I don't know what's on Christian Kirk, but I do know that there may be another spot that could find those sparks more and more often that can mm -hmm. elevate him to a bona fide wide receiver too. 
Because yeah. I do think he is. I saw in the chat from yesterday or two days ago's pod, I do think he's a wide receiver too. And I think mm. Cliff Kingsbury is holding him back personally. That's not, that's not. And also on top of that, with DeAndre Hopkins being out, that has something to do with it for the second half of last season. So it's not all on Cliff, but I think the Christian Kirk would thrive elsewhere. Yeah. So, so the question is, do you figure it out? Do you sign another wide? Like, do you draft a wide receiver, retain Christian right. Kirk? You have Rondell Moore. You have DeAndre Hopkins. Have you got, in theory, an embarrassment of riches? Or do you take that 18 or $20 million guarantee that Christian Kirk would get and bundle mm-hmm. that with what you'd pay Chase Edmonds and go give $40 million to an interior defensive lineman or an offensive lineman and – you know, and build, build a team like you're supposed to. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't well, know. L- let's, let's look at from pulling it f- very far back when, when you look at things. And, and I feel like this has been another year and it's been this for far too long where we could, we can't, when, when we're put, when we're pressed on this, uh, it was probably the running back room this year where the Arizona Cardinals strength was as far as this team goes. And I think when we look at this off season, and whether they need to build the defense or build the offense or they need to which side of the ball they need to emphasize at some point they have to find a strength on this roster yeah. they they need to create a strength on this roster with all that being said where do you think that Steve Kime really needs to focus in improving this roster in 2022's offseason the offense the offensive line so the offense the o- offense overall yes but the offensive line yeah the reason why is because if that doesn't work, none of it works. And if that does work, that makes everything else like a million times better. Everything. The offensive line is where is the heartbeat of any offense. It's the heartbeat. Yeah, look, I mean, the offensive line is is great. You know, the, the Cincinnati Bengals have gotten away from, you know, that kind of being a talking point, but also Joe Burrow has been able to get rid of the football. They had a good... Uh, game plan against the Chiefs where he was only sacked once after he was sacked nine times, but he also has playmakers that can get open pretty pretty quickly as well. Um, yeah, I, I mean, and, and you look at this 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 postseason that defense can still wreck game plans. You know, we've seen teams, especially the the, the teams that were in the Final Four, as far as the NFL goes, they they played both sides of the football. Um, but I I want to see the Arizona Cardinals in some way, sell out on one side of the ball to try to create a strength. And what do you always say? What's the reason Cliff Kingsbury's here if it's not if it's not the offense? Why don't they just go for broke and really trying to say, okay, if we think Kyler Murray's the guy and we're about to invest uh, uh, an absolute just ungodly amount of money into this quarterback, let's give him the best tools possible to see if he's the guy. That means investing in in everything from the offensive line to the running back room to the wide receiver core to your tight ends. Why not give him the best shot instead of, you know, that means in free agency, you key in on a top, you know, maybe two offensive players. And in the first round, you utilize that first round pick on offense, whether it's line, wide receiver, whatever. Just invest in that spot and then see what happens. Yeah, that's fine. I, I mean, I'd, I'd be all for that because it seems like that, you know, they're going to run it back as, as we, everybody figured they would. Um, how many head coaches do you think would yearn for the roster they had last year? Honestly, honestly, like it's not rhetorical, like, like it, going into, okay. So say take Deandre Hopkins out for the second half of the season, you have uh, Chase Edmonds and James Conner healthy. 
how many teams would flip rosters with the Cardinals the way it was set as such? And honestly, I don't know this answer. I can count in my head like seven, six, seven I mean, uh, with uh, Kyler Murray as the quarterback. Yeah, probably probably close to half of the league. Most of the teams that weren't in the postseason, that's for sure. Yeah, and then DeAndre Hopkins add that over half the league. Probably 20 mm-hmm. teams, 25 teams will give up their roster. They've had offensive weapons, and they haven't been able to get there. So I don't know how much longer. And again, this it's marred because DeAndre Hopkins was out for the second half of last year. Regardless if he was producing numbers-wise, he was obviously the decoy in, in a lot of scenarios. What can they add? without breaking the bank and having to not re-sign a bunch of defensive players that are going to be necessary mm-hmm. in an effort to get there. Like, is it is it running back this offense and adding a piece and drafting an offensive lineman? I, I like, just I don't know. Run, running back this offense is 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 probably the definition of insanity. I mean, you, you know what its, its ceiling is, but you also know what it really is, you know, especially at the end of the season, like there's going to be a big emphasis as far as this team finishing and they've got to find guys that can, that can stay that have traditionally stayed healthy for the long haul. I I know injuries happen to everybody, but there's guys in their career that's been marred by injury. And then there's guys that haven't been, and there's guys that have been available because of their injury history. And then there are guys that you pay a premium because they've stayed relatively healthy their entire, you know, career. So, you know, I think whatever they need to do, because there's going to be such it's going to be under a microscope how they finish next season and it, their their schedules gotten even harder they they're going from a third place schedule to a second place schedule they're playing aren't they taking on the AFC West as well yep. um, you know it's going to be uh just a dogfight all season long i think in order to keep up with those teams don't try to f- find a contrasting way to play and combat that but tr- try to create your own strength and I think that's on the offensive side of the football. You, you, this is the this is the decider. This is the decider as far as this experiment that you started back in 2019. Yeah, and you know, offensive line needs to be. So what are we going to call it? We got to we got to come up with it. <laughs> Sign draft or both STB. Yeah, SDB BDS. B, well, I think BSD. It look, with 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 sounds Steve like a, it sounds like a stomach a problem. I mean, sign, draft, or trade uh, as far as time goes. Because, I mean, the guy, he should be wheeling and dealing as much as possible. That's, his, that's where he's, his batting average is the highest. Yeah, because, so. his, because he's under the ground below the Mendoza line with drafting. Okay, yeah. so there's a reason why he has to trade. Like, like if they could draft, trade, and sign, or uh, draft and sign, you don't have to give up any draft picks. Imagine yeah. that. So we'll see. I mean, yeah, I would I would love to see, you know, I would love to see a no excuse 11 man offense with mm-hmm. backups that come yeah. out for 17 weeks next year and be like, okay, prove me wrong. Right. Prove me wrong. You've got Kyler, you've got Rondell Moore, and of course, DeAndre Hopkins. And then after that, you've got a, and Rodney Hudson, you got to build around it. You, you got to figure out, you got to create cap space. You got to figure out how you're going to use all your assets this off season to bolster that offense. So we'll see. We'll continue these conversations here on a daily basis. Locked on Cardinals. Thanks for making us your first listen. Follow along on Twitter at Locked on AZ Cards, at Clancy's Corner, and at Bob Rack. Make sure to make Locked on Bets your second listen, gearing you up for the big game. Lee Sterling, your boy Q, plus insight on the games that are going on on each and every day and night. 
They'll give you some little nuggets. You can build that stack for the big game and all those prop bets that are always fun, so fun to partake in. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. We'll talk to you on Thursday here on Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network. Network. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>